Welcome all Morby listeners to uh, episode 15 and I'm going to talk about the psychology of eating so it's just going to be me uh, and my opinion of why people do stuff and give you some facts and figures about the way the market works around selling you certain aspects of light food and what we're going to look at really is some high and low points of eating food and why you do it and what are the reasons behind it uh, and see if you can relate to any of them. Now, does anybody ever think that they've ate something and they think, why did I just eat that? Because really, you didn't need it. You weren't hungry. You were probably sitting watching TV and you think, oh, well, just fancy that. And then you, you afterwards, you regret it instantly. So we want to look at how we choose, how we choose what we eat. So it's who we eat with. You know, sometimes you go out with friends on a regular basis. I know when I meet up with some of mine, it's always over dinner and there's always food around, even though I might not be hungry at that time. Where we eat, sometimes you just don't have enough time. You haven't organised yourself, you're just eating on the go. Sometimes you'll eat in the car. Uh, how we eat, some people eat really fast, some people eat slow. Normally, if you eat quite fast, you will normally consume more food uh, than, in, than it is necessary. Portion sizes, if you look at portion sizes in the 1950s or 40s, it was a lot smaller to what they are now and less calorific. Uh, a lot of the time we grew our own food, it was a lot of homegrown stuff, a lot more healthier I would say uh, compared to nowadays. How food is selected, how, you know, we talk about waste food from supermarkets and how much gets dumped just because it looks wrong basically you know if you go into morrison's they have a select that says wonky veg now doesn't look the best but you know it is what it is it's still a carrot or it's still a pepper it might be slightly the wrong color it hasn't ripened properly and how food is prepared so how is it made what does it consume of these are patterns developed as a child mostly and modified through life so a lot of the stigma and patterns that you tend to eat with you know it normally comes from family members that are our main influences growing up whatever they eat you tend to eat uh, and that's how it forms some of your eating habits so if we're looking on choosing on taste alone designer foods undergo a multitude of processes to make them smell taste feel just right because we like pretty things you know, we are more drawn to like colourful stuff. And then you look at what's been added into them. It can be, and what's been the process for it. You can look at additives. Food colouring is quite a massive one. Uh, if you look at margarine that actually comes out grey, put food colouring in to make it yellow. Because obviously, you know, you're not going to eat something that's grey. It just looks wrong. It looks like ash. So they try and make it look like butter. So because as it is a sort of butter replacement as such. Look at preservatives, stabilizers, artificial odors, fat hydrogenation, fiber removal. Uh, there's loads of different things that they make to uh, different foods as well as flash freezing or dehydrating to make it last longer. What you can do if you're used to eating a certain way and you have quite a poor diet, you grow new taste buds nearly every 10 days. And that's why sometimes you can go on to pickled onion crisps and then maybe a few months later you go off it and it's because your palate's changed. And it's normally due to like the different taste buds. And, it, you know, if you change to eating different foods, it will change your whole palate. 
So if we sort of stumble onto external influences, especially around our selection and when we go out to the shops or what we see on TV or what we hear about, advertising and propaganda is a massive one. Now, when was the last time you saw fruit and veg advertised on TV? You just don't see it because there's not a massive market gap for it. You might see a documentary on farmers and how they might be struggling and the different profit margins they make on milk. But actually, a lot of the processed foods tend to have a lot of the uh, advertising thrown at it. If you look at some of the kiddie cereals that aren't so healthy, you know, you, you think of Cocoa Pops, you would never think of giving your ch kid chocolate for breakfast, but Cocoa Pops seems all right, even though covered in chocolate. And basically all you're doing is, you know, they've put a cartoon character on there on the front. You know, you look at Rice Krispies and different stuff and you think, oh, well, it's just there to target kids. So then the kids will go, I like that character on the front. I want that. Or I like monkeys or something. We look around the economic circumstances. Cheap food is normally unhealthy. You know, it's quite easy. You know, you look at. The different processes you can get different foods in uh, is normally quite cheap uh, and heavily processed in different things. Even though, you know, eating healthy costs you a lot more in a shopping basket. But if you actually cooked meals like bolognese or chili con carnes, they'll probably save you more money in the long run uh, just because it makes, it makes more meals. And then you can put them in the freezer. A lot of people know that follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram that I do a lot of batch cooking. It's always on a Sunday and I try and make most of it throughout the week, even though I still do the odd bit of cooking now and again in the week. Work and daily routine. If you're so busy with your work, uh, you tend to forget to eat. So you normally go long periods of time without eating and then you tend to binge. Uh, if you're on the go a lot, you tend to just go to the shops and you buy whatever that might make you feel full. Uh, tiredness plays a big game in eating you know feel tired you want some extra energy you might turn to like a can of red bull or something fizzy to boost you up or something sugary time factor you know the main excuse i find with clients is i do not have enough time but you've got enough time to watch eastenders emmerdale and cora or one after another now you can always find the time to cook you can even have the tv in the kitchen if i followed you around all day would I think, oh yeah, they've definitely filled their 24 hours of the day. And time is just, it's just an excuse really. It's not really acceptable. We do accept it, but it's not really. Because if you're starting, if you prioritise yourself first, then you will make time to look after yourself. And this is what I say to all my clients, you've got to start putting yourself first and then you'll become more efficient about looking at everybody else, especially around busy mums or dads that try and put their kids first really they should put themselves first and the kids uh you'll look after them better just because you can cope with more we have to make sure that really you're making the right food selections for the right reasons uh and it's all coming into planning really uh if we plan our daily routine and week you know we've got a menu that we'll probably have throughout the week uh you won't stray wrong from that i mean people want food plans all the time uh and it's just so they can follow something that's quite strict but the problem is with food plans because you've got no flexibility in it people drop off from after the second week or some are really expensive some aren't really and you need to be in that controlled environment for the food plans to work uh really 
And that's why programs such as Fitness Pal, where you work out the calorie amount, works the best. Because you can still eat what you want, but obviously it calculates all your calories and your micronutrients, like your protein, carbs and fats, all into one. So if we look at into why do we eat when we're not hungry? Why do we eat when we're not hungry? You know, can you realise that in yourself? Do you pop to the fridge and you think, ah, well, you know, I could do with that. Or oh, fancy that. Uh, some of the psychological reasons that come to the mind, boredom is a massive one, physical boredom. So you could be watching TV or anything like that, or you just think, ah, I just have something to eat, eat while I'm working, just so it breaks up the norm of it. Uh, depression, emotional eating. If we look at obesity rates nowadays, I would say a lot of it is resulted in uh, emotional eating, especially if you're an adult trying to reprogram that to you know, I, I always say like food's not really to enjoy, it's a fuel for the body. But it's obviously a bonus if you can enjoy it as much as possible, but try not to overeat. So it's about willpower and self-control. It tends to be quite comforting for people, you know, having a chocolate cake or, or something like that makes you feel a bit better. Uh, it's sociable. Now this really comes more into like drinking. Drinking can be quite sociable if you're meeting people in the pub or going out downtown and stuff. And you'll probably consume twice as amount as you would do at home just because it's in a social environment. I think the new young generation are drinking less actually uh, compared to where my generation was. It tends to be routine. So people get in, they cook dinner, they'll probably sit down after that, watch a bit of TV. But what do you do when people normally watch TV? It's normally maybe a fizzy drink, Coke, something like that. Uh, then Pringles, Chris, some kind of Walker's Chris or anything like that, and or biscuits. Now the problem is, obviously we're packed of Chris. Once you finish the bag of Chris, it's great. But if you get a tub of Pringles, normally that Pringles will go, you know, and that's a massive amount, over a thousand calories in a tub. Uh, you look at portion sizes on that; it's uh, ridiculous, really. I think it's like five Chris or something like that. Uh, and biscuits, how many people never go to the cupboard and think, I'll just grab two biscuits and then I'll sit back down and that's it. No, you grab the whole packet, it'll sit on the table next to you and then you'll just keep picking at it, mind numbly, while you're watching TV. Uh, that way it comes into late night eating quite a lot and it's quite hard to break them habits. And how many people have gone to like a wedding or something and it's just there and you think, I'll just keep eating. Then you might have a little break and then you'll eat some more just because it's there in front of you. Some people like say, oh, I'm full now. But because they're waiting for everybody else to eat, then they'll just pick at it and eat little bits at a time, even though they've already said they're full. So if we now look into the social side of food and drink, you know, it's linked to celebrations or peer group pressure, you know, going out for a drink at the weekend. Uh, hospitality and entertaining you don't want to seem like the odd one out you know having some fun a lot of people think it's rude to refuse once somebody's offered you something you know we have a problem with saying no I think a lot of people have been, have a problem saying no when they don't want to do something festive events you know look at Christmas New Year's Day everybody always has a bit of a drink uh, business occasions if you're entertaining clients but the thing, one thing that we need to do from all this is just take control. Don't blame everybody else. It's my friends. It's my ladies group. It's 
something else. We've got to take control and we've got to avoid blaming blaming others. You know, we've got to get away from this blaming culture. It's not somebody else's fault, it's your fault. And that's what we need to admit. It's your fault. You put food in your mouth, you take a drink and put it in your mouth. I was saying to someone the other day uh, around drink, I said, well, what's wrong with drinking water? And they go, well, it doesn't taste of anything. Well, if it doesn't taste of anything, what's the problem in drinking it? And it's when they're trying to get that enjoyment or get that little buzz off it if it's quite high in sugar. Now, if we look in excuses people use, then do you recognise any of these? So you've had a really bad day. You've been to work, you've done the shopping, juggled the housework and fitted everything in. You feel like you deserve a reward because you've had such a hard day. So then this is, kicks into the reward syndrome. What also kicks into the reward syndrome is I've done weight, well at Weight Busters tonight. And you think, oh, yeah, I'll treat myself. I'll go and have a curry or Chinese and that'll work for me. It makes me feel better because I've done well all week and I deserve a treat. Well, we need to move away from that, really, because really you can eat whatever you want. But it's about the portion size and what we eat. And, uh, there's something called the Last Supper Syndrome. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of people that go into this. I'm going to start my diet to get tomorrow because I've already mucked up. So tonight I must eat all the available naughty food that I have. Therefore, it won't tempt me tomorrow. So I'm going to eat it now just to binge on it. And then tomorrow it won't be in the house, so I can't be tempted by it. Uh, some people, I get all my clients to fill in a food dryer when they first start to try and realise. And I even had one client that took pictures of every food because I couldn't believe that how healthy she was eating. But her portion sizes turned out to be massive, and that's what was causing the overweight. Uh, the closet syndrome, you know, what you think and what you do are two different things. And I say a lot of people, whatever comes out of your mouth, is great, you know, you can give bull to anyone. But, you know, I judge people by their actions and how they respond. Uh, and I like people to judge me by my actions. Uh, if I'm going to do something for someone, I will try and do it. Uh, a lot of people, I'm bored, lonely, cross, angry at myself or someone else. And I'm going to eat something annoying just because it'll make me feel better and relax a bit more. So we need to get out. That's the sort of like, I'm just fed up with everything. Just stuff at all. <coughs> you know, uh, another one is I miss breakfast. I ate far too much at lunch. So going overboard now, so it won't make a difference in the evening. And a lot of people miss breakfast. But the whole point, breakfast is important. Or they say it's the most important meal of the day. It's normally because if you miss breakfast, you'll overeat in the evening. And it's a bit of a slippery slope. If you miss breakfast, it's going to get worse and worse. Some of the other things that I tend to look at people, what they do. Uh, people always have a pudding. If they've gone out for dinner, they'll have a pudding. Or they'll have a look at the pudding list. Even though they're no longer hungry and they're probably full. Uh, some of the scenarios you pick at snacks, foods, when you're watching TV. Uh, always have biscuits with a cup of coffee. Uh, I know the older generation, and that's what I normally deal with, is they were always taught to clear your plate even when you're full, which is great, uh, and I totally respect that. But our portion size has got twice as much from what they were, especially calorific-wise. So now we're eating twice as many calories and we're eating all that meal. Uh, 
some people always have sweets when they go to the movies you carry on picking food long after your meal uh, when you've gone out for dinner so what we need to look at especially within ourselves what are the underlying factors to this behavior so if you speak to any of my clients i talk about the mind a lot and how the mind works and we look at patterns or what's happened to you in the past or your upbringing to try and resolve. i think people if they understand they'll progress a lot more further and become more successful so it's under, all about understanding the behavior and then we need to decide are you going to modify this behavior or continue to coping with the internal conflict that it creates so this is where i want you to go and watch it write down a diary and what habits are giving you difficulty and then when we've listed all that and it's out there it's on paper then we can develop a strategy to overcome the problems once it's out there and we've brainstormed well i've got this issue this issue this issue this issue we can brainstorm to overcome it and every bad habit that we have try and replace it with a good habit so i want you to try that on a whiteboard or on a piece of paper uh, just to get you through and it gets you to understand now if we look into appetite how often have you eaten something and then immediately realize that you didn't want it that happens a lot especially if you've paid for something you think well i've paid for this now so i'm going to eat it and we need to recognize and challenge this behavior if we're full we're full and we need to learn to recognize real hunger and also identify those cravings or reactions that are not hunger but are driven by other issues so dehydration is quite a big one and it sends off some of the same receptors some people grab something to eat rather than have a drink of water and one of the main things that i tell my clients try and make sure you've got a bottle of water around you all times and drink that first uh, if you find yourself looking in the fridge try and drink like a pint of water and then see if you're still hungry or the same receptors are setting off 20 minutes later before you start eating now what we need to understand temptations everywhere you're not going to get away from temptation whether it's your social friends whether it's your family whether it's going down the supermarket you think there's an offer on that i'll have that i'll have two of them we need to get away from that because we need to be prepared you know the world is out to get us and that's how i see it and they're going to tempt you with all this rubbish uh so we need to eat more healthily and be prepared and we go with our shopping list uh to the supermarket so that we don't move for many people though portion control is key if you look at chips from chippy or something like that four chips is a portion now you think how many chips you get in a bag of chips then you if you can only have four of them what do you do with the rest so that's what i'm on about if you understand what portion control is and what is a portion uh and that's why if you eat healthily and it's cooked in a like a healthy manner you can eat twice as much than unhealthy so you know we look at your food choices are good then you, your volume can only increase we lose the, after a bit we lose the capability to recognize how much we eat when portions get beyond the certain size we start we struggle to recognize and that will become the norm over time you'll get your meals will get bigger and you get bigger and you get bigger and you don't really notice as much same as you get bigger over time you probably don't notice that as much one of the main 
issue uh, one of the main messages i tend to send out is preparation cooking and serving are the times to consider suitable portion size when it lands on your plate it's too late that's what you've got to say to yourself if you've already put it on your dish then it's just been and gone because you're going to eat it now you're not going to take it off are you uh I always tell people not to go for seconds. So when you go for these all that it can eat, just put what's on your plate and don't go for seconds because that's a way of increasing how much you eat. Uh, if dining out, you can regulate your portions when ordering or better still, you can order before you arrive because sometimes you look at a menu and you fancy a few different things. You might order a side order of this, side order of that, but it's probably better if you ordered just before you got there. Now, here's something to like get your teeth into. There is a correlation between the speed of eating and BMI. So the faster you eat, normally the more overweight you are. Uh, just because your body, your the messages from your stomach takes 20 minutes to receive into your brain signal to tell it that it's full. Rushing down food has many disadvantages and is indicated in obesity and overweight. And we look at the physical and chemical elements of chewing our food are vital components of the digestion process. The physical and chemical uh, elements that are sending messages everywhere. Uh, eating food slowly and chewing thoroughly have been proven to assist in weight loss uh, by prompting the satiety of process sooner. So what we need to look at there is when we're chewing we have to actually taste our food i know i go to i do the physical activity side around uh for leap which is uh, leicestershire's nutrition and dietetic service weight management course which is for obese clients and they do one of the episodes one of the sessions around eating chocolate and it takes them like 10 minutes to eat this chocolate but first of all it's like uh it's like at a box celebrations you feel the wrapper you look at the colors you smell it, and this is all before eating it. And then you'll go into unwrapping it slowly, and then you can smell it again. You can feel it, feel the texture, look at the colour. Some people start slivering and getting, uh, you know, getting hungry, and they really want that chocolate. Then what they do is put it in the mouth, but then they can't chew it, and then they move it all the way around the mouth, and then it's just releasing loads of different chocolatey goodness that they really want. Uh, and then, then they, eventually they chew it and they eat it. But then you think of actually tasting your food like that, it'll slow you right down and you'll appreciate it a lot more. What we need to do is savour the moment when we're eating. If you really enjoy food, you're going to savour the moment. But some people just eat for eating sake. And we need to take adequate time over eating to, to savour and enjoy each mouthful. Concentrating on the smell, the taste, slowly eat and swallow every delicious mouthful. This process of eating will ensure that you do not overeat and it will assist you to get your appetite under control. So just two little things that I want to send out there really is just try writing it down for a week. Uh, and what I try to do is you've got all your portion sizes and stuff like that. But then I'd put a column on the end just to do your mood of when you're eating uh you can either do this as and when or i tend to get people to reflect back on the day and it's like i've had a knackering day that's why i bet that and i've tired or i'm feeling low uh and just think uh, about how long it takes you to eat 
eat your evening meals or your breakfast or your daytimes or anything like that uh, and see how that works. So that's around some of the psychology of eating. If anybody wants to get in touch and then uh, ask me a few questions or just have a session about talking about stuff uh, around the, why you eat and the behavior patterns around that, uh, then contact me or drop me messages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram uh, and I'll be much obliged to answer your questions. Hope you're having a great day. Keep going there. Make sure you share this with your friends. Uh, this information is open to all and it can help a lot of people. Uh, get in touch uh, about some of the sessions, either some of the nutrition sessions that, leave, that the LNDS do or what the council do or the hospitals do or some of the sessions that I run. Uh, also, I do talks in different charity groups or weight management groups as well uh, across the district. So just let me know if you want any help. Have a great day, guys. You know, stay positive. Keep listening, taking the information and then apply it to yourself. See you later. Have a brilliant day.